with just over four remaining. That's pretty good. That's damn good. Jeez. He knows how to kick him when the game's on the line, Robbie Gray. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Nick Heathcote. I've got the glamorous Darcy Spinks with me. She is reeling after another Tigers loss. And Mark, the kid, MG, the star, AFL Sting himself. How are you, MG? Good, Nico. Um, up and down week. It uh, was action-packed, wasn't it? We had a lot on. And uh, we've got a lot to... Uh review i guess from the weekend it was a huge huge round of afl action and it was kicked off by a great game over in adelaide it was port adelaide and richmond tigers darcy's tigers wow port had a lot of opportunities darcy you watched this game start to finish must have been a quiet weekend for you i did i was on the couch (laughs) on friday night didn't really want to go out been a bit tired lately um try not to socialize too much but yeah that game was there was hectic it was so close um port adelaide just missed so many goals, but they still won. Um, and Mark and I were just talking about they just had so many injuries. Like, I swear, every time I looked, because I was a half on my phone, let's be honest. <laughs> but um, every time I looked up, there was another guy just walking off the field. I was like, God, well, these guys are just injured left, right, and center. But they won. Um, yeah, it was a bit upsetting um, for Richmond, but look, they'll come back, I'm sure. Mm, re- Rewalt, missed the. Uh, miss the the crucial goal. I took a little bit of $4.10 Richmond Tigers in play, and luckily we're already on the plus, but I was absolutely sick. Tigers just had them, had it on a plate, really. It was a it was a war zone, and once the first couple of injuries started to rack up, I thought, okay, this is the time to bet them, and I've been talking about the last couple of weeks in play. You can get huge odds, huge, huge odds in play, and two or three goals isn't a lot in the modern game. Mark, what did you think of the uh, Richmond yeah, we were riding it hard, weren't we? Yeah. I was concentrating more on the plus, although we did uh, we did uh, have a bet on the Richmond one to thirty nine. So that was uh, you know when you hit the lead, um, you know get back in the game as you said. Port the war of attrition there, they just running out of soldiers, um, and that's the difference. You know it's goal kicking. Robbie Gray, the Ice Man, um, unbelievable delivers again, mm. and then uh, Jack Rewalt, who you'd back in more times than Absolutely. not for Richmond, and it was within range. Um, thought he was going to steal it, so. Uh, tough loss for Richmond. Yeah, it was a choke, wasn't it? They choked. Um, when they review it, they will. With mm. with the amount of um, manpower that Port lost kind of through the game and they were in it. Um, yeah, it was, it was probably a disappointing loss. Um, um, you know, and unfortunately probably this, this week St Kilda's going to feel the wrath, I think, because uh, I think Richmond have to steal themselves for a win because uh, Darcy mm. won't cop the Tigers losing three in a row. Mm. She'll <laughs> put the uh, membership in the microwave, that's for sure. <laughs> Another almost choke was uh, we did the special go- golf podcast during the week and it was a fun little show that we did. I think we were heavily into Ram, the consensus and a lot of the ratings. He sort of flashed late, but it was Matsuyama. It was probably the first time I haven't backed Matsuyama pre-play and I was absolutely sick. I found a little bit of $11 uh, just before the rain sort of hit, so that was more of a mental health bet. So I've, I've got something <laughs> out of the wreck there, but it definitely wasn't a fill up for me and Jordan Spieth and Matsuyama were in the mix and Zelatora sort of bobbed up as well but uh, yeah some win Hideki and he nearly choked as well yeah no it was uh, it was obviously a very good Masters again everybody has to get up at uh, the early hours to watch it uh, congrats to uh, Matsuyama Japan's first ever uh, Masters winner so um, you know early reports are they've got him at uh, I think the win's worth close to 200 million they were talking in endorsements uh, in Japan mm. in his home country wow um, Obviously, he hasn't been told that yet because he was uh, seen the next day. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the photo where he was waiting for his plane uh, on commercial, just had lazily had the jacket next to him, and he was travelling by himself home. So it's a bit weird. Um, just an odd one. Maybe a sign of the COVID times, but um, oh. you'd think you'd just hire a private jet. I know, Darcy, you'd be probably a bit partial to a private jet, or you'd be in business <laughs> class, wouldn't you? You wouldn't... You'll be slumming it. You guys, you guys travel. Enjoyable. You guys travel like that normally. So I'd hate to see if Nico won the Masters. How he'd be travelling? Mm, He's I'd, been on a helicopter all week. So yeah, yeah. I'd be hamming up for sure. Yeah, a little bit of a freshen up for me over the weekend. Went to Port Douglas for a couple of days. Fantastic up there. If you're struggling to get out of the country, like everyone is, mm. uh, Port Douglas is an absolute cracker. Thirty minutes to the reef. You got Mossman Gorge. There's lots of different options there. But a uh, little tip: if you're going up there, make sure you book every restaurant possible because it's uh, it's a circus up there. You just cannot get into places, and about five top-notch restaurants have, have gone under because of COVID. So oh. they're struggling oh, wow. with staff. There's definitely a uh, lot of room for improvement there. But 
it just reminded how spectacular it is up there and it's just all within arm's reach and even Palm Cove is an absolute beauty so make sure you check that out but yeah I was having a lot of early nights up there so I could get up and watch the golf and I still managed to get a lot of AFL in that's for sure uh, what about the bookies did they did they get the better of the punters this week I know they uh, the West Coast capitulation knocked over a lot of multis I would have thought it uh, it smashed me what about what was yeah, your I think thoughts the, I think uh, well speaking to a couple of bookies I know I just think they've been grinding out the uh, the wins have been getting two or three results each week without uh, smashing the punters by any stretch but um, what do we have we have seven of nine favourites win there was five line covers so um, it was pretty it was an even week I would have thought but when the bookies get one or two results you know obviously GWS beating Collingwood as well on the Saturday night was was really big for them um, and so I think on all balance, I think the bookies would be pretty happy moving forward into round five. Mm. It wouldn't have been a massive week for them. Um, there was a lot of goes, though, this week, wasn't there? There was quite a few, you know, really heavily plunged ones. I, Melbourne, obviously, was Ds were a big plunge. And yeah. why, why do you think that was the Ds? Well, they got it right. Mm. Um, I don't know. We've been speaking about it a couple of weeks, I guess, the, um, the pot on Geelong. Mm. Um, whether they... I mean, they're, obviously, they're missing some key players, but... Just the, um, I think the reference in the market at the moment is Geelong have got um, the game style, the way the new game style's being played. I think Geelong are just lacking a little leg speed and sides are exposing that. Melbourne's one that did did really well, but I thought it was going to be a defensive game. Um, not sure if the weather had, had a part in it as well, but um, yeah, they got the job done, so that plunge came off, but there was a few that missed. Collingwood moved a long way against the Giants. I don't know. There's some brave soldiers out back in Collingwood at the, in the minus 20s. I don't think that'll be happening too many times again this year. Mm, I think uh, Geelong and Collingwood are really exposed at the moment with their leg speed. They just look awfully, awfully slow, and uh, I'd be taking them on. And Yeah, I just didn't quite have the kahunas to steam into Melbourne, but um, yeah, we did say that they were ripe, Geelong, and they're, they're very looking very lacklustre. They'd be dying to get Dangerfield back, and um, especially Jeremy Cameron. Also, let's uh, let's talk about Sting in the tail. We could uh, we could talk about the umpires every week, and it is it's it's getting very confusing for a fan. I tell you what, with the umpiring, it's very hard to get uh, a holding the ball decision if you're an away an away side. So if you're in Port Adelaide, or if you're in West Coast or Fremantle, and even just at, away from your home ground to get to get a genuine holding the ball against the home side, it's rare as hen's teeth. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, there's a few theories going around. Obviously, on the weekend, I think you know, watching every game, it's definitely advantage home team for the umpires. Massive. And I'm not sure whether you know. One train of thought is the the crowds have come back, which maybe the year they didn't. They had the year before. Mm. They kind of maybe it was just from viewing it that looked like it evened up a bit. Now having the crowds back at the footy, um, maybe they're having an impact more on the umpires than you think. Um, it just seems you know a lot of chatter back watching every match when you see the supporters um you know it seems to be home ground advantage so it's it's definitely having a play into it for sure mm. and the goal kicking it's a, a bugbear of yours five was none from six and as a hawthorne supporter it was music to my eyes and ears <laughs> but he's done it before he's, he's kicked Fremantle out of a grand final what was it eight years ago or something like that when hawthorne touched up Fremantle, and if he had kicked accurately on that day it might have been a, a different result for Fremantle. but it's no new thing for fife to be an in, inaccurate kick but there's oh there's a handful of uh, of bad goal kicking across the weekend you know we've already touched upon rewalt but there's lots of um lots of poor displays yeah i think um you know definitely i mean i take notes during the games and when you watch a replay and there was just again you know some of my old favorites back hooker against essendon miss an absolute critical goal um you know, and then Essendon end up losing by three points. And you just can't miss from 15, 20 metres out when you're a forward straight in front from a set shot. Um, you know, my old mate uh, McKay from Carlton, I gave him a rap last week. I thought he'd turn the corner and then just goes and botches one. It was crazy. Um, you know, Stanley for Geelong, um, you know, they were coming at Melbourne at one stage. And again, he takes a big mark, goes back and just, you know, again, just butchered the, butchered the kick at goal. So, um yeah, I, you know, what I find interesting, Nick, is that we get told from the coaches often that it's the fitness staff that don't allow goal-kicking practice. Mm. Yet we see footage of Fife who goes out and has a pearl of a game, had 31 touches and six shots on goal. I know didn't get a goal. Um, Freeman will win the game, and then half an hour, 45 minutes after the match, he's out having goal-kicking practice. Mm. So if they can't train during the week... Um, for goal kicking, which we're told often by a lot of coaches because <laughs> it's it's fitness orientated. Now, 
I don't know too many people that have done uh, injuries goal kicking practice when uh, people have all played footy. It doesn't matter at what level. Um, and then Fife can go go out there after a match when he's probably leg weary and you know has shots on goal because he kicked zero six. Now, you know, is this a knee jerk reaction or you know what's going on here? Like you know, the preparation is the key mm. during the week getting it done. You know, it's not after you have a bad day and being knee jerk and say, well, Fife, get out there and you know improve your kicking. Mm. I just you know, I find it a weird theory that... I don't know why you'd do it fatigued. I think it, you'd, you'd just mess with your technique and you'd be buggered. Like, you've absolutely exerted yourself. You've got no energy in the tank and then you go out and have set shot kicking. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, as a kid, we used to, you know, get there early to training and just start lining up and having shots at goal and you could do a little bit after a training session, but it's nothing like playing a game for two or three hours out on the park after a massive warm-up and then... It just that's really Irish to me that that sort of setup. It doesn't make any sense at all. No, well the great the great goal kickers in our time, um, the Dunstalls, Lloyd, they always talk about technique, practice, you know, and that's what they don't want breaking down under pressure. It's mm. not the fatigue level because now you get your thirty seconds to control yourself, go through your routine, and kick your goal. And these guys commentate, and when a player misses an easy shot, it's the same thing all the time. It's technique, um, which comes from practice. Mm. So seems the, bizarre. That they wouldn't just practice during the week. I don't get it. Well, well, like even the best goal kickers in the world, like they would still need to practice. Like they should all be doing it. Like they should be. It's a, it's a massive edge in the game. Yeah. You see so many sides just kick them out of contest week in week out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I marked down from the weekend that it, it, it obviously we see the ones that cost at the end. The hooker um, for Essendon and the Rewalt had a chance to win for Richmond. Now his wasn't a gift, but you know if Rewalt has enough shots at goal. He's gonna he's gonna back himself in to kick it, and, and you know he'll be disappointed he miss it, and you don't expect him to kick all all the time. Mm. But you know the goals on the weekend, there was four games that swung from a bad kick that should be kicked all the time. Mm. The other uh, big talking point at the moment is the concussion rule, and all of a sudden, grand final week, the buy before the grand final week, which rubs a lot of fans up the wrong way. And do we really need an extra week off now because of concussion to get people that might have had a knock? Uh, the week before, it's just such a 2021 sort of attitude and outlook on on you know a rule. To uh, it's just not, so stupid. Is, is it knee jerk again? I mean, this has only come on the back of um, the females played the prelim on the weekend, mm. and the Adelaide captain Chelsea Randall has uh, had a concussion, mm. and so now because they've brought in the 12 day rule, um, she will miss the grand final. So, oh, wow. you which know, is bad luck for her. Yeah, 100. No one's denying that, but it's not different from someone pulling a hamstring or anything like that you know unfortunately if you are injured and part of the game and the rules are there to protect the players which they want and the afl need um then it's just bad luck like you know i mean the men's game will finish after the spring carnival at this stage you know if we have a bye going into the finals and then we're gonna have another bye going into the grand final i just you know it's it's a mm. knee-jerk reaction for mine I so just... is that a rule now it's, you need 12 days no or uh, you can't the play concussion until... rule is 12 days which yeah. they've just brought in for this year yeah okay. um what did it used to be seven no well you just need a clearance oh, oh right more you, know, okay. you need to sign off but they're trying to protect the players by right. bringing in where you've got to have at least a week mm, off. mandatory now mm-hmm. you know scientific you know i'm not sure where they get the 12 days from it's just mm. basically to give the players a week off and the reason why they put it at 12 days is because when you have long weekend games sometimes it's 10 days apart mm. and stuff so that was just to cover that so it's basically nice. to enforce players getting a week off yeah after a head knock which is fair enough some yeah, players it's definitely fair enough. some players ex-players and current speak that they need two or three weeks that they're foggy in the mind and they're mm. not ready to play sport at a high level yeah um, surely you would know how you feel and if you're well enough to play yeah but if you're Chelsea Randall going into a grand final you you always want to play yeah and the doctor's coming to you and saying are you feeling okay what do you what's your response you're playing you know, so you don't miss out but I know yeah. like if it was me I'd be like I'm fine like oh, I just really want to play <laughs> well if someone said to you Darcy you can't go to Byron you'd be on the plane and you'd be going oh, to Byron I'd be there <laughs> Yeah, she'd drive. <laughs> she'd find a way, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, Isaac Heaney, he's broken his hand striking Thatcher from Essendon, but he's not got sighted. I cannot get my head around that. Mystery. I'm not sure. They can't have missed it. Um, he's on the medical report. He's got a broken hand for hitting someone in the head. It's on video. Yeah. Um, medical evidence would say he's broken his hand and he didn't do it uh, in any other incident, so... I'm not sure. Maybe it's just because the injury outlasts what uh, he would have got as a suspension that they let it go. But, you know, wouldn't you like to cover all bases now? What happens in the case of a scenario where it was late in the year and he was leading the Brownlow or a chance to win the Brownlow and they let this go 
because he's injured, which covers it, and mm. then he went on to win the Brownlow. How would you feel if you're the runner-up in oh, that situation? Absolutely sickening. Yeah, good friend Corey McKernan, he, he, oh. he lost a Brownlow on one of the softest decisions ever, and this is blatant. Yeah, th- yeah, this was a roundhouse, uh, hit him in the face, and he broke a hand as a result. So it's a pretty significant hit. And because the, the Essendon player didn't go down with an injury or anything, the tribunal mm. just let it go. So now you can now the, what is the message? And they keep talking about the message to the youth that what what happens in the AFL follows down to the youth. So now can you go around smacking people in the head? Off the ball. And as long as they're not getting injured, mm. even if you break your own hand, you're right to go. Yeah, right. You know, she's not, not catch that on. No, they got it. No, it's on footage. It's on footage. Yeah, we tweeted out um, either mine or, or Little Birdie's account. I can only imagine it. that Michael Christian must have been away with you on holidays or something. <laughs> he wasn't. I'm not, hey, I didn't see him. Well, maybe he's in Byron with Dars. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's one that they missed. It's not a good message, and I'm mm. not understanding why they can't even rectify it now because Heaney's out for probably up to four weeks anyway. He might be back a little earlier. Didn't but, he break his leg not that long ago too? Uh, he injured himself last year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's not, not having a, much luck, is he? No, he's not. And they want to see him out on the park. It's yeah, not, he's a gun player. Yeah, not mm. being negative. He's a big loss for Sydney. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's an incident that you know has been swept under the carpet, I guess. Huge show. We've already started uh, the AFL Round Four review. We'll look deeper into those results. What you can make out of those. We've got the Round Five preview. As usual, we do all the blockbusters there. We've got Top Rope Tedeschi. He's got the Hall of Fame, and there's lots going on in NRL world. We've got a, a coach sacking already. It's peak NRL. Yeah, that's right. We've got a we've got a coach sacked after five rounds. Wow. But that said, in AFL circles, they're starting to circle for Nathan Buckley, and there's a few coaches under fire too, so they're not immune to that. We've got lock of the week coming up as well. Bit of a shaky one last week. We've all sort of, all bar top rope have hit an iceberg there, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with more review stuff. But Das, if you're betting this week... Topsport.com.au, family owned and run for 30 years. Bet with a bookmaker you can trust and please gamble responsibly. Come next, more AFL. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG, AFL Sting, and Darcy Spinks. And we're just going to have a quick look at the review of last week's matches Sydney versus Essendon. We're all over the plus there, MG. What do we learn? Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a big line, wasn't it? Massive. I think, I think it was 20, 28, and 28 when we did the show. I think it cl- only closed twenty seven, so it wasn't crazy. Um, yeah, it was a big start, so it was a uh, little investment there, and uh, never really, never really in doubt. Um, I think it was a very good first half by both sides. Actually, it was very good performance. Um, I like the style both play. Geez, they ran out of gas in the second half. The second mm-hmm. half was uh, a bit torturous. I think they just both wanted the siren, and uh, it's unbelievable how many close games this, these two teams have, especially up at the SCG. Mm. History is amazing. The new the new way of playing is a high octane game now, isn't it? Especially the way that the Swans and Essendon play. You're going to run out of petrol tickets, and we're already seeing it with yeah. massive swings in the game. Sometimes it's effort, and other times it's petrol, and sometimes fatigue and injuries. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of flagged, um, you know, last week that maybe Sydney have started off on fire, um, and now they're maybe just starting to level out a bit. So. It'll be interesting to see how they go this week against the Giants, um, with the Giants having to turn around in form against Collingwood, and they'll want to back their performance up. So I'm looking forward to that game just to see if, if Sydney can keep going or actually they're flatlining in a bit. Mm. We've already spoken about Port and Richmond. I thought Port were fantastic to hang on there. It was really gritty. Uh, Western Bulldogs and Brisbane, what do you think of the Ballarat experiment? Is it a good place to keep playing AFL footy? Uh, had a good six or eight people that I knew that went up there. Mm-hmm. S- still thawing out, so um, <laughs> freezing. Yeah. I've I've seen people go to the snow <laughs> and wear less clothes than what people had in Ballarat on. You're uh, kidding? So, uh, yeah. Seriously, what? some of the some of the photos were crazy. That the scarves, the gloves, yeah, uh, the beanies. They got snow there, didn't they? Yeah, it was what? crazy. I don't Is know if they got on the weekend. It snowed uh, somewhere in Victoria. Yeah, they couldn't feel their hands pretty much. <laughs> so it was uh, God, a brutal experience and. You know, that probably told them Brisbane a little. Um, you know, they, they were pretty gutsy, I thought. They uh, they weren't too bad and they had a chance, you know, um, not to win the game, but, um, you know, we, we copped a bad beat on the line mm. uh, with Libba kicking a goal with 10 seconds to go. That was uh, not necessary to swing it from 13 to 19. So, 
Um, yeah, that was a bit disappointing for the for some plus punters, but um, no, they're both good sides. I, th- I know Brisbane at one at three, but there's no paddock stations for Brisbane yet. Mm, the Western Bulldogs futures, you got you tip them up for top six, top, top eight premiership. <laughs> they are absolutely airborne. The uh, yeah. the Western Bulldogs. So all your season bets, sorry, the top four, they're all looking fantastic, and I think they've just started to find their right mark in the premiership betting. But um, the result that absolutely put the wind up me was uh, Saints and West Coast. I couldn't believe uh, my eyes. I went out for, well, I'd, I'd place the bets. I was heavily on West Coast uh, heads up. I liked them at the line for a little bit of a smaller play. They were in every multi and at half time I thought, oh, this is just too easy. I was up by about 30 points. I said to Alana, let's go. And then I've, <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, it's neck and neck and I've ended up watching the last quarter out for dinner and it just really, uh, it really put me off. But how did that happen, Mark? Because I missed the the guts of the uh, the third quarter, but it was uh, like I was in shock. I was yeah. I was rattled. Well, I don't know. It looked like they swapped jumpers. To be truthful, it's fifty point turnaround um, in a half of football is not good, especially from a potential top four side. I know they're away from home. Mm. Um, yeah, Sydney. I mean, St Kilda uh, played an unbelievable half, and and maybe West Coast had spent their uh, petrol tickets in the first half as well. Um, they were pretty ordinary the uh, the second half. And uh, the Saints just got their tail up, home ground advantage, and just ran straight over the top of them. So, big win for St Kilda. Huge. They were, they were at the crossroads against, at half time. Backs against the wall. Yeah, they were. Mm. Very good win from them. Yeah, there was a couple of teams, Fremantle and uh, even North showed a little bit of uh, metal early. There's been a couple of teams that have had their backs against the wall. But uh, in the next game, we've got Collingwood and GWS. Oh, short odds, bad sides, and that was definitely Collingwood on the weekend. Mark, you, you signal that for the start of the year that Collingwood were always going to be trouble, but we've we've touched upon it quickly. They just looked too slow. The pies they were smacked in betting. Um, mm. You know, it, the line moved over ten points, which is crazy. Um, and I think we noted on last week's show it was already it was already mobile. That line uh, didn't stop, and uh, closing twenty five twenty six was a crazy one. Um, you know, and they've got smacked. They they just can't score. Unfortunately, now they've lost Adams long term, taking out the midfield. They lack speed, um, and now they've got to go to West Coast, who who had a tough loss last week. So they'll be looking to really put a nail in Collingwood's coffin for this for the season. I think. Mm. Gold Coast Carlton. I thought uh, Carlton were disappointing not to close out in more more style. Gee, they had a lot of chances and they almost fluffed it. They did. Yeah, it was our um, major bet for the weekend. Mm. I'm not sure I'll be doing that too many times again, trusting Carlton with uh, anybody's cash. Um, w- real winnable game for them to show that they're uh, heading in the right direction. And, that, yeah, they did. They were lucky to get away with the win in the end. So these these two sides are pretty ordinary for mine. And um, you'll go well to oppose them for the next couple of weeks, I'd say. Adelaide closed out strongly in the final quarter against the Kangas. They did uh, show a little bit of ticker, the Kangas, but... Um, Mark, I think it's time for a public apology. Just look down the barrel of the camera and <laughs> say sorry to all the Adelaide supporters and fans and ev- anyone listening from South Australia. You got you tipped Adelaide as a wooden spoon contender. So there's the camera. I did. Say <laughs> you're wrong. Say you're sorry. Well, it's true. The wooden spoon bet's definitely not looking good for punters because um, North Melbourne got no chance of winning three games for the year. But um, you know, I got to look on the on the positive side that uh, we we tipped Adelaide up. Uh, at the minus, and uh, also tipped them up at the uh, the big number of forty plus. Now, Nico, at three quarter time, when North Melbourne were in front, you said you burned your cash on the uh, the Adelaide forty plus. They've mm. gone out and kicked fifty two points in the last quarter to uh, get the chocolates yes. by forty one points. So, hopefully, anyone who's investing the wooden spoon has torched that cash. Mighty got it back uh, against the Kangaroos on the weekend. Mm. Uh, looking at the uh, the Melbourne and Geelong match, it looks like Christian Petrarca has gone to a new level. I was on record all last year saying that I'd prefer Dugowie over Petrarca, and I'm starting to eat my own words here. It looks like Dugowie hasn't gone forward, but maybe they are playing Dugowie out of position. He's a one-on-one player, and he's still... I read this thing about you know his fitness still hasn't been there. Maybe he's not a midfielder. Maybe he needs to just play deep and one-on-one. I know... I've seen a lot of one-on-one players, and I think he's as good as anyone out there. But I think he's out of position. I think Petrarca's definitely gone to a new level, so I'll uh, I'll eat my hat there. But I'm not sure we can... Uh, yeah, I, I think Geelong are really blessed again this week that they've got the Kangas. They are. They're they, rattled. They needed the buy at home this week, for sure. Mm. They need a, you know... Just, they get Dangerfield back. Obviously, they would have preferred him back uh, on the weekend to probably play against Petrarca. would have been a good match-up to see. Mm. Um He's, he has gone to another level, Petrarca. Um, but their best players are all playing well. Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca. 
um, but the next tiers now look like they're coming through a bit. I don't think they've been tested Melbourne. If you look who they've beaten and who they've played, they haven't played some good sides yet, so they're winning what they need to. Um, we'll see when they start playing some top four sides how they're going. Um, you know, we'll see, but yeah, Petrarca's, uh he's airborne at the moment, and uh, you know he should be right at the pointy end of the Brownlow betting. Mm. Fremantle versus Hawthorne. It was nearly an all-time backdoor cover late into the dying seconds of the Fremantle-Hawthorne game. They were very lucky to get within a bull's roar of Fremantle. In all honesty, Fremantle's kicking was absolutely terrible. And I've said it a couple of times, and Tim O'Brien's just not cut out for AFL football, in my opinion. I, I had to double-check and see how oh. old he was. But uh, Did you, What was his name? Tim O'Brien. Oh, it's my friend's Hall- boyfriend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a little bit awkward, but um, seems like a pretty nice guy, Tim. But he's 27, and I just don't think he's got the strength. Like he's, he gets himself in the right positions, but at 27 years old, he's not going to take Hawthorne to the next premiership. Unfortunately, it's Hawthorne's forward line is in dire straits. There's not enough movement there. They get enough of the ball, but they just can't move it forward. Players are looking up. And as a Hawthorne supporter, it's ultra frustrating to watch it happen, but there's just no option and nothing up forward, and they're all scared to turn the ball over. And so we end up mucking around with it and going backwards, and it's a real horrific time to be a Hawthorne supporter at the moment. But they need to make changes. I don't think Tim's cut out for the for the game. And I think Mitch Lewis um, should be on, on alert too because there's just not enough happening up there. Jeez, that'll make the blooper real dark. You'll be having stern words to you later. I uh, probably won't be mentioning this one. Because <laughs> he's awesome, awesome should guy. We, should we ask him that to I haven't seen him the on the field, though, but yeah. Uh, da- even Darcy's distancing herself now from him, poor guy. Um, <laughs> listen, he's, he's doing his best. If you're not up to it, you're not up to it. You know, they've, uh, they're getting games into these people. And, mm. uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure they'll assess as they go. And if they're not up to it, then they'll have to go to the draft or find other players. It's not easy to find good forwards. Yeah. Um, mm. It's one of the hardest part of the games, as we can see. Um, I just think Hawthorne are in a... Uh, no, they don't like to call it a rebuild, but that's where they're at. Um, they're a frustrating side to watch. And I don't think Freeman are much better. We've spoken a lot about AFL form, but if you're looking at the horse racing form this week, Das. Puntingform.com.au. Get raw data to build your own model. Contact Puntingform and create your edge. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG and Darcy Spinks with me, and we're starting to look at the big blockbusters for AFL Round 5. The first one, St Kilda versus Richmond. Odds are up on the screen, courtesy of topspot.com.au. Darcy? So we have St Kilda, $2.75 versus Richmond, $1.45, and the line is 14 and a half. Mm, St Kilda off the short break here, MG. Interesting betting market, and it's... Oh, I, my heart says St Kilda are going to be very difficult to beat here at Marvel, but uh, my head's thinking, wow, Richmond, off, off a tough loss. Mm, backs against the wall. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a wait and see on this match at the moment. Um, I think that early money, and I think the way the money will go, if you like Richmond, I think you are best to sit and wait until uh, close to game time before you're putting your bets on. Um the, the line opened 16, it's gone to 14, and I think maybe there's a, a 12, 11, 10 kind of number. I think the, the modellers and, and the belief now in St Kilda at the Dome, as you said, um, I, th- I think the money will keep coming for St Kilda. Uh, I think if you're going to back Richmond, I'd just wait until tomorrow tomorrow night or Thursday before the game starts. Um, I like Richmond in this. I think St Kilda off a five-day break. I think they used a lot of energy coming back to get the win against West Coast. Hmm. Um, and you could say the same about Richmond and Ties. Port. That they had a close game, um, but Richmond, I think, are more hardened. And I just think, you know, this is a really important game for Richmond. If they're uh, going to be contenders, they won't want to be losing three in a row. And Darcy's already alluding to, she's uh, tipping them up big this week. So um, I think we'll back Richmond, we'll back them late. Hmm. I'm not sure I subscribe to the, you know, used a lot of energy to come back in a match. I didn't play at a high level, but... I've, didn't I didn't come never... back too often your teams? You're just out in front or didn't get near it? <laughs> I just don't really subscribe. I think you just, you know, you're out there for a couple of hours. And if it's a like a wet slog or if there's a war of attrition like we saw in the Port-Richmond game, I'd maybe subscribe to it. But um, I might give you a little clip there. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. But I think five-day break may, may be more of a thing rather than spending petrol to, to catch up with a side. So... I'm so, I'm fired up off, off the holiday, aren't I? So are you St Kilda or are you sitting on the fence? <laughs> on this one? Uh, I'd probably think, yeah, I, I like your angle there. I like Richmond probably late. I, I'll be with you there. All right. Yeah. 
that's uh, the cracking start, the Thursday night matches in the AFL. Of abs- they're just all over it with the fixturing. So a hat tip to them, despite uh, not filling in the rest of the program, because it's really difficult to uh, plan an interstate trip to go watch football. It's like they don't want us there. <laughs> Let's look at the Friday night football match. We've got odds courtesy of topsport.com to do on the screen now. So we have West Coast, $1.33, versus Collingwood, $3.35, and the line is 22 dollars MG, MG, I was up at Port Douglas, and I was very, very excited, like you were, to see West Coast at the minus here. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, it's actually the, uh, one of the few times you did call me from the, uh, from the holiday spot up there. Um, you wanted to know why Collingwood were only, uh, sorry, West Coast were only 17 and a half against Collingwood. Um, and we did actually get out Monday and tip them uh, early for the sting. Uh, we didn't hang around on this line. Um, too cheap at 17 and a half. Um, you know, the bookies now have, have come into 22 and a half. I think this is just going one way. Mm. Um, you know, there's question marks now over more with his Achilles. He's going to play this week, but, you know, um, they'll try and exploit that now with their big forwards West Coast and really test him out. Now, now that news has got out, the loss of Adams is huge. Um, I know West Coast have lost Shuey. Um, but Collingwood have run out of quality midfielders now, um, and you would expect maybe a fast deck. Over in Perth, uh, West Coast off a rebound. At home, they're 2-0 this year. Uh, even though Collingwood have won two of the last three head-to-head against West Coast, um, I-, I like West Coast here. I think the market will only go one way. And uh, if you agree that you like West Coast, I wouldn't be hanging around on this market as opposed to maybe being a bit more patient with Richmond. Yeah, and that's a benefit. If you uh, sign up and subscribe to AFL Stings, you are going to be taking the the best prices in the market. So a five-point move already. We forecast a little bit more as well. But, yeah, looking at the forecast, speaking of that, it's all fine and clear over in uh, Perth this week. So it will be fast deck there. And, yeah, I really uh, I really think they're a great bet this week despite their little slip-up last week against uh, St Kilda. They will relish their home deck, that's for sure, on Friday night now. The Battle of the Bridge, we've got Saturday afternoon. We've got Sydney Swans versus GWS. Odds on the screen, courtesy of Top Sport. Uh, so we have Sydney, $1.47 versus GWS, $2.70. And the line is 15 and a half. Mm, interesting, uh, interesting prices here. My gut says that everyone's going to take the minus. Yeah. Um, early markets uh, have moved actually Giants way from 17 to 15. Um, I think that's more on the back of the news that Sydney uh, mm. lost lost uh, Rampy uh, during the week, which is going to hurt them now. Now the Giants have lost Davis, um, so maybe that just squares it up. Um, yeah, it, I'm looking forward to this game. It's not a, uh, I'm not sure this is a betting game for me. I, I, I just think Sydney maybe got off to a good start, and I just want to see if they're, if they're actually flatlining the Giants. I'm not going to trust them off the one game, and beating Collingwood's no no highlight for me. Um, you know, I'm just going to see they've both got some injuries. Obviously, Sydney have lost Heaney as well. How much does that upset them? Um, I expect I expect a close game, and if if you're betting, I'd probably lean to the plus, um, which, which which is following the market at this stage. Um, if I was going to have a bet, I'd probably maybe look at the Giants one to thirty nine, about the three dollar twenty five mark, I think. Mm. But um, I, I'm going to enjoy watching the game. I'm just not sure it's a betting game. Mm. With the uh, the weather forecast, there is three to ten mils and. Being at the SCG, it's a fin- it's a funny one for me. I um, I'm not convinced with the GWS form. Collingwood form is awful. Yeah. Um, I think the Essen form line's a little bit stronger, so I'd be uh, I'd be small on the Swans there. So Mark and I might have a, a side better a be bottle get, of Grey Goose. You won't be getting me for goose on this <laughs> hey? game. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Not keen on that idea. No, I I, I, d- I just think um, I, I agree. They're both hard to line up. I mm. know Sydney are undefeated. Um, I just think, you know, I'm just going to go down with the moment. I just think they're a bit flatlining again. Their kids maybe just, you know, uh, can't keep going at the level they are. So, and the Giants will be keen to atone, you know. I know Collingwood's no form, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'll look forward to talking about this next week, I think. Mm. The uh, the last uh, blockbuster or even match that we've found is Saturday night. We've got Carlton versus Port Adelaide at the MCG. Odds, thanks, Dars. Carlton, $2.15 versus Port Adelaide at $1.70, and the line is six and a half. Mm, interesting to see the changes from Port this week. They really limped to the line, but oh, there was a lot of character in that win, and it's amazing, that I guess, the tenacity they show at Adelaide Urban. Can they transfer that to the MCG? Yeah, well, that's that's probably the thing that's um, really holding this back from, from a major bet for me. Um, I, again, I, I, I expect that... 
the market will come towards Carlton in this game. This with being the home ground, Port off um, a lot of damage control with their injuries, I guess, off last week, tough game. Some some train of thought for punters, they don't like backing teams off a tough game. I'm a bit the other way. Um, and when I line up when I was watching the Carlton-Gold Coast game, I can't come into backing Carlton at plus six and a half if I had a choice. Um, I, I like Port Adelaide in this game. And I'll, I'll probably, you know, with the market going Carlton's way, maybe, what I see, I'm probably going to have to back Port a few times here on the way down, but... I'm keen on Port. I just think they're a different level to Carlton. Um, I know they're playing away from home, but um, you know if they want to make top four and really be a serious contender this this year, Port, they should not be dropping a game to Carlton. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be a fascinating week of AFL, and I think it's a, a better money-making opportunity. Last week I said that I was a little bit fearful of the AFL and NRL fixtures this week, but uh, I think if you're shrewd enough, you can pick off uh, the bookies this week. It's a, a much more appetizing round of matchups that's for sure if you like what you hear of mark's analysis das check out mg's tips and analysis for round five men's matches in the little birdie shop get the first six rounds for 33 dollars or the whole season for 360 dollars located on www.littlebirdiepod.com it's now time for our new segment by hold sell where we look at the futures markets and mark has all but uh aced the futures at the moment he obviously has sent out that apology to adelaide fans and the western bulldogs are our sweetheart at the moment brisbane lions for the flag they're not done and dusted yet they've had a rough little trot but they are still in the mix we're going to have a look at the premiership market first. Odds are up on the screen, but Das, the uh, the top chances there, your Tigers. Yes, so Tigers, $5. Port Adelaide, $5.50. Western Bulldogs, $6. Geelong Cats, $7.50. West Coast Eagles, $9. Melbourne Demons, $11. Sydney Swans, $11. And Brisbane Lions, $13. I think the Western Bulldogs have finally found their right <laughs> price. We've been waiting, yeah, watching, uh, and they've finally got into that five-to-one quote. That yeah, happy on. Now, aren't you? yeah. You're a bit worried last week. <laughs> you, you've invested in the Bulldogs two or three weeks in a row, um, and you're asking me well, how come the price is not coming down. You're not happy with your share market tip there, and finally <laughs> this week they, you know, they're starting to get into probably where they should be at this stage. I think uh, six dollars is a fair quote for the Bulldogs. So you're shopping well there. Um, and they're a good hold at the moment. I, I think the Bulldogs um, are tracking well. Uh, got no issues with the top. You know, Richmond I'd be holding as well. Um, Brisbane have got to win this week. You know, they're starting to get the skates. I'm probably same with West Coast as well. West Coast is probably the value if I'm, you know, starting afresh right now. Um, you know, you'd be looking for teams like Richmond and West Coast if you haven't had a bet in the Premiership and you want to start playing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're gonna, they've got big wins ahead of them this week if they're serious. Um, and I would be... I'm still of the opinion I think Melbourne are a little too short and I can't come into Sydney at $11. Mm. I think uh, Brisbane Lions are starting to look a very appetising price at $13. I could not have the Cats. I think they're going to capitulate late in the finals. I think uh, they're just not uh, not clicking and the new game style isn't suiting Geelong, which is a big surprise because once they uh, recruited really well in the off-season, we were very, very nervous about them, but uh, the new game style isn't suiting the Cats, but they may prove us wrong. Now, the final eight market, we haven't got it, but uh, Brisbane again have ballooned out to a $1.83 mark. Yeah, for just the, look, for the yeah, top eight. Yeah, just looking down. Um, yeah, we haven't mentioned too much about the four and the eight so far in in shows, but uh, I just think Brisbane are getting out to a price for the final eight. You know, if you if you kind of line up your final eight, um, you know, price up the, the games for the rest of the year and stuff, I think a dollar eighty three is probably the pick of them. Um, so you know, obviously they've got to start winning uh, this mm. week. You know, they hopefully put away Essendon, but dollar eighty three seems a good price. Yeah, exactly. They're dollar twenty five against Essendon, and that's probably priced into the dollar eighty three. But it's probably time to jump on the lines and see how they go in the next couple of stretches. But uh, the Brownlow market is starting to heat up. Familiar name at the top. It's more Tiger time, Dust. Yeah, Dustin Martin, five dollars. Christian Petrarca, seven dollars fifty. Marcus Bontempelli, nine dollars fifty. Travis Boak, ten dollars. Tom Mitchell, thirteen dollars. Jack Steele, sixteen dollars. Patrick Cripps, sixteen dollars. And Lockie Neal at seventeen dollars. What are your thoughts here, MG? Well. You know, I know Darcy won't want to hear this, but I think Martin's, uh, you know, he came out of the blocks and he, he was uh, BOG, BOG uh, first two weeks and uh, hasn't featured since and his price hasn't moved much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not saying he's a false favourite. Obviously, he's you know one of the best in the game for sure. Um, just not sure he's set up to win a Brownlow, and I would not be coming into him at five dollars. Um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy that we put out a few weeks ago now that Petrarca was uh, a, a decent bet. I think it was about the nineteen dollars that we uh, mentioned Petrarca, and we followed him in. Uh, well, we mentioned him again last week at the thirteen. Um, you know, I think all things being equal, and I understand why Martin is still favourite, but um, you know, right now I'd have Petrarca um, as at least equal favourite with Martin, if not outright favourite the way he's going. Um, they got very few very few players in their mm. side um, that poll votes Melbourne. And I, I think on the weekend, again, it was the big three. Um, so as long as they keep winning, I think Petrarca's uh, one that if you've invested, I think you'd be pretty happy at this stage. Mm, I can't find much fat in that market at all. Um, Pontopelli's travelling nicely. He's been, what, about $13 into nine fifty, And there's a couple of players that I don't think have got much chance there. I think Tom Mitchell's uh, well under the odds at $13. And... Um, yeah, that's that's probably the only comment I'll yeah. I'll make there. But uh, looking at the Coleman betting Das, my man Tex Walker. Yes, so we have <laughs> Taylor Walker at three dollars forty, Harry McKay five dollars fifty, Josh J Kennedy six dollars, Tom Lynch eight dollars, Charlie Dixon nine dollars, Jack Revolt eleven dollars, Tom Hawkins eleven dollars, and Jack Darling at twelve dollars. Darling. Darling. I had to look at that twice. I was like, does that say darling? Okay. <laughs> uh, your man Tex, did you stop him last week? You, I think you put him down for nearly double figures. You were hoping against the kangaroos. Mm. And uh, he's only come up with three. So very disappointing, your man Tex. Maybe he's regressed. Uh, he's still, listen, he's still He's got leads. the Dockers this week, so he's a big chance to get back on the board, big it's like, Texan. It's like the Adelaide playing all the weak sides at the moment. <laughs> or, you know, they're just setting up for the Tex. Uh, yeah, three, three forty, three fifties. Uh, he's still too short, Dex. Um, yeah, I'm still selling. I'm going to go down the ship. Uh, you know, I, I like the way Kennedy's travelling from West Coast. I agree. Um, you know, the big boys are still going to be there the way the game's been played this year. Um, and you know, I, I, he's probably priced about right. But if I was having a bet fresh, Kennedy's one I'll be looking at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was pretty happy to see my man Toby Green, which you you. You missed out getting on Nico. I think at the uh, the triple figures, he's just tracking along nicely. I think he's uh, about fourth or fifth on the uh, list at the moment. He's kicked two goals of uh, two bags of five. Any comments? Oh, I love Toby. Oh. Love the way he goes about it. Mm-hmm. Probably can't win the Coleman, but no, he's, he's going to give you a good run for the price, I reckon. Uh, you know, now he's captain. It just might be the thing that uh, elevates him a bit more. Mm. Some somewhere I won't be flying over to this weekend is Adelaide. We've got the uh, the women's final. We've got odds on the screen. Borco in the market there for the women's grand final. Das. So we have Adelaide is the favourite at a dollar fifty six. Brisbane two dollars forty, and the line is five and a half. Oh, sorry, it was five and a half, and now four and a half. Mm, a little bit of a, a spec there at the plus. Interesting one. Are you flying over for the match, Mark? Uh, I, I was thinking about it. I, I did invite you to come over, and you said that you might uh, not get let into the stadium the way you've uh, you've advertised women's oh. football oh. Um, this year. That uh, you might get stopped at the door. Not the first time you would have been stopped at the door, Nico, in your life. So uh, you know, but you you didn't want to come over. Uh, beautiful Adelaide weather. They'll have a big crowd there um, at the Adelaide Oval, which you do love. You love going to the Adelaide Oval. Mm. So um, yeah, no, I reckon to be a brilliant brilliant contest. Um, I think you should go. Yeah, well, he's done so much travelling in the last three weeks. I think he's running, running out of money. <laughs> um, now, nah, listen, I'm looking forward to this match. I know you, you don't subscribe to the women's football at all, um, and and Darcy and I don't sit on that side of the fence at all. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this game, and I'm uh, you know I'm hoping Adelaide can get the job done. Not just in this game. Just had a few um, pre-season bets which. Uh, stood up well so hopefully they can get the job done and uh can celebrate saturday night mm. nice. hopefully it uh is a great contest it's been pushed very very hard at the moment the aflw and uh it's good to see it so heavily supported up in queensland on free-to-air channels that is for sure i've got no idea who's going to win so i'll be following mark goodwill's stings there so make sure you check out the uh the stings Yes. In the in the shop for sure. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we'll talk NRL and Hall of Fame with Top Rope Tedeschi. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG and we've got Darcy Spinks. Little funny moment off 
film there. We uh, were talking about the US Masters, and Darcy has locked herself in for the next US Masters tour. So little birdie will be organising a trip to the US Masters <laughs> as soon as COVID disappears. And one man who will be front and centre on that is Top Rope Tadeshi. Welcome back, Top Rope. Cannot wait. That'll be number one on the bucket list crossed off. Don't mind that. Now, Top Row, how'd you find the US Masters? It would have been a tough week for you. You wouldn't have slept. NRL all up the US Masters. Hi, Decky Matsuyama. Did you find him at all? Uh, got on him in the last round at $1.87, which was about uh, 50 points under what I had been backing in the last three US Masters when I was on him. So uh, definitely not bitter at the victory at all. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you caught what you get. You caught what you get. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't the most thrilling of masters. There wasn't a lot of excitement, a lot of drama, uh, especially with, with with Tom Melbourne chasing uh, chasing uh, Hideki on the last day. Uh, it was a sensational back nine on day three from Hideki. But, uh, not a lot of drama. Not definitely won't go down in the annals as one of my favourite US masters. That's for sure. Mm, a little bit of a flat finish, but uh, well deserved. I sort of often criticise some of my mates, saying, "Oh, yeah, they deserve that victory." But I did think that uh, Hideki that he just blew him away. Once the uh, the rain hit, he definitely found another gear. Speaking of Hall of Fame performances, we had Moses Mbai. We had a miracle uh, backdoor cover last week, and we've had Jamie Carr in the Hall of Fame. We've had Munster. We've had Fletch. What uh, Titanic Thompson in the early days. It's an illustrious group of Hall of Famers. It's someone who does something remarkable for us punters or gets us across the line. MG, have you got a, a Hall of Fame uh, nominee for this week? You've been a bit quiet on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, Top Row doesn't take any notice. I, 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 <laughs> just... I, I even tried to put his mate uh, Pappenhausen in for four, four tries, tries in 11 minutes, and he, uh, <laughs> he put that in the drawer on me. So I'm a bit gun-shy, but... Uh, I thought I'd throw up Robbie Gray for Port, the Iceman. Um, you know, he's unbelievable kicking uh, another goal in a big game. But, uh, you know, if I had to put one up for this week, you know, I don't know if Top Rope knows who Robbie Gray is or even watching a match, but uh, that'd be my vote for the week. I'm, uh, I'm going to throw in a little bit of a curveball here. Uh, I'm going to put in race. Oh, I'm going to nominate Racing Victoria. Uh, we'll just get the graphic up on the screen. There's a little bit of a tweet sent out earlier in the week, and it's their night racing programming. I think Racing Victoria are the shining light of common sense approach to horse racing and engaging their customers and actually knowing their customer. Um, they're leaving New South Wales for dead in this realm. I think their wagering turnover is up 18% on their Tier 1 meeting, so that's Packingham and Cranbourne nights, and then on their Metro meeting, they're up around 38%. So to uh, quote that famous tourism ad, where the bloody hell are you, PVL? Where is the night racing product uh, for the New South Wales cards? Punners are dying for this, and I know that uh, Caulfield and Flemington are going to renovate their tracks so they can get some night racing product as well. The customers want to bet on night product, so that's my nomination. Top rope, a racing Victoria, any chance to enter the Hall of Fame? If PVL's been brushed, I can assure you, Racing Victoria are not getting close to it. <laughs> the shade thrown there. The shade thrown there, please. Uh, look, Robbie Gray, don't know who he is. No, I do know who he is, but I, I, I definitely don't know what he did. But what he did could not have been as strong as the man we're about to put into the Hall of Fame. We're about to put in a man who has just only recently become an Australian citizen, but will forever live in the hearts of Australian punters after his performance last night. Tuesday night, what could be on? Nothing other than the most underrated betting sport in Australia, the NBL. <laughs> now, our man, our man, Perth, Perth Wildcats last night, playing in Tasmania against the New Zealand Breakers. They are five and a half point favourites. They lead for almost none of the match. They are down by 23 points in the first quarter, their worst first quarter of the year. Bryce Cotton... Hits a three-pointer on one foot, falling over forward to send the game to overtime. Well done. Perth's still pretty good odds against If you're on, you're no chance. What breakers jump out to a seven-point lead in, in, in overtime. The, the Wildcats grind it back. They're up by a little bit. Anyway, they're up by two with six seconds to go. The, the breakers then try to steal the ball. Goes back. Not only is it a foul... They're getting unsportsmanlike foul, which oh, is wow. the only way, the only way, the only chance that they can possibly cover. Was so it Razor Ray? First two. Beg your pardon? Was it Razor Ray, the infamous AFL umpire <laughs> that uh, just has to have an impact on every AFL match? 
I don't know who it was, but I love whoever called it. <laughs> anyway, uh, he sinks the first two, and you think, well, there's six seconds to go. They might foul here. They foul. Who do they foul? Our man Bryce Cotton again. Nails them both. The breakers go down, miss their shot, win by six. The only time they've led by six or more the entire game, the cover, the cover hits, the Wildcats win. And, and for those total punters, that last free throw took it over. The 163 and a half, finish on 164. So if you're on the unders or on the, on the breakers, that's harder. That's harder. I was on neither. So Bryce Cotton, Hall of Famer for life. Outstanding, uh, Bryce Cotton from the Wildcats, the Perth Wildcats. It sounds like a great addition to the Hall of Fame. And one day, uh, Mark and I will get a nomination into that Hall of Fame. But uh, Top Rope Tedeschi's got his greasy little uh, PBL mints all over it. Now, <laughs> let's talk about NRL. Let's go back and, uh, well, it's not really back. It's uh, it's what's happening right now, and that's round five. We've had a sacking. It's music to your ears. John Morris has been shown the door at Cronulla Sharks. This is peak NRL, NRL top rope. Are you surprised it took so long, round five? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, no one loves a coach sacking more than me. <laughs> Unfortunately for John Morris, it's probably about seven or eight candidates I would have liked to see go first. Uh, yeah, a, a bit stiff. I, I've got no idea really what Cronulla have won up this season. Oh, this they were... They were trucking all right. They were a fringe of the eight. They've obviously gone hard at Chris Gibbon, who is kind of regarded as the best assistant in the game. They've got their man. Uh, you can't fault their ambition, but I think John Morris has been pretty harshly treated. He'd be, I'd certainly, I'd certainly welcome him to Canterbury ahead of our, our current coach. He'd probably be better than three or four other coaches in the pump as well. So uh, I think Morris is a little bit stiff, but yeah, it's hard, it's hard to fault Grenoble for where they want to go. So uh, they've done well. Like, a couple of clubs offered Fitzgibbon the job last year, so they've, they've done well there. So, there more? Uh, look, five weeks. It's the first of hopefully many. Uh, hopefully we see a few more seconds this year, including a, maybe, a, maybe our first year coach getting the, the ball. <laughs> Is there more to the story? Is there a Damien Hardwick twist or there's something lurking in the background to this John Morris? It seems un, unreasonable. No, John Morris is the, like, the nicest bloke in football. He's just... A diligent. The problem is, no one really wants to go play for him because he's, he's, he's not a big name. He kind of came in after Flanagan got the, the bullet uh, and suspended. So he was kind of viewed as a bit of a caretaker coach. So that might have been the, the, the knock on him. He may be a little bit indecisive. That's the that's what they're saying. That's the word coming out of Cronulla at the moment. A little bit confusing as to his messaging. But uh, I actually don't think there's much more to it, to be better. I think they, they saw a big assistant, they went for him, and they got him. So. Uh, you'd think Morris should be able to land a job somewhere else. Now, Top Rope, a uh, little hat tip here. You're up 21% pot for the season, so you're travelling nicely. Out of round five, were there any big lessons learned? I see that uh, a lot of the uh, the shorties covered most of the lines there. You were the only person that uh, survived lock of the week. But Parramatta Eels, were they the big loser from uh, round five? Uh, yeah, I was on the Dragon, so it wasn't, wasn't completely unexpected, that one, but... Uh, we've had top six teams against bottom six teams this year. Played 14 times, 12 and two against the spread. The two ones who haven't covered, Parramatta round one against Brisbane, missed by half a point, and Parramatta against the Dragons, lost off the stick when favoured by, by 10 and a half. So it's a fair indication as to who the kind of top teams and bottom teams are. Parramatta, I, I think they've been a bit over, over overplayed the last uh, the first few weeks. It was a great winning at the Storm, but I haven't seen a lot else from them. It will be more kind of they're probably going to drop to their rightful spot. I'm back in process and missed out. I don't think that'll happen, but I think they're going to sit in that kind of six to eight range with the, the Titans and, and maybe the Sharks if they can kick and possibly the Warriors. So uh, I, I think they're the big losers. I think the, the lessons to be learned big favourites are going to get winning. The good teams are far too good for the bad teams. There's a huge gap in the cotton this year. Um, the other real big loser, the Tigers. How they could not get up at Leichhardt mm. in front of a packed stadium to honour Tommy Rodonikus. I will never understand that was an insipid performance. So, uh, I, I, you know, great fears for the, for the Tigers. I don't think they're going to move on from Michael McGuire as their coach, but he does have the team he's, he, he wanted. He does have the team he's recruited, and they are going awful. So, uh, there wasn't a lot to expect out of the Tigers, but they uh, are amazingly managing not to exceed those expectations. 
Now, uh, before you jumped on air, we had Mark issue a full apology for all the Adelaide Crows supporters after he tipped them up to win the Wooden Spoon. Now, uh, have you got anything to say for the St. Dragons uh, fans out there, followers of the show? Top right. Yeah, I, I tipped two out for the for the Wooden Spoon at the start of the year. The Brisbane Broncos were still the runner and St. George Lawar who with four wins on the board already, absolutely are not. They are uh, certainly exceeding their expectations. We've seen a few apologies uh, on social media to uh, those who were dishing uh, Anthony Griffin as the new coach. I think he... One thing we would underestimate, Anthony Griffin probably not a coach that's going to take you to a premiership, but he has done a pretty good job, a bit like Brian Smith in the old days, of getting teams off the bottom and making them competitive. So, look, they're all playing for him. He, he, he's, he's done a far better job than I expected. So, uh, definite apology goes out for the Dragons. He's got Ben Hunt who, playing in the best two games he's seen in the last four or five. Of course, he's joined the Dragons. So, to be perfectly fair, Andrew McCulloch has been, been tremendous. They're playing with heart. They're playing with passion. They're finally getting the most out of Mac Dufty. It, it, it's, it's fair to say that Anthony Griffin, what he's doing with the Dragons now, really highlighting what a terrible coach Paul McGregor is and what an awful job he did with him. <laughs> Uh, top rope Tadeshi. He's got a spring in his step. He's hitting at uh, 21% for the season. He's had a coach sack. It's a fill-up. He's just had the Masters roll around. <laughs> He's a happy, happy boy. Let's look at uh, the opener for this week. Thursday night football at Suncorp Stadium. Odds courtesy of topsport.com.au. Nars. <laughs> Brisbane versus Penrith. Uh, we have Penrith at a dollar three, and Broncos at $12. And the line is... 26 and a half. Well, you said that uh, the minus angle would last. 26 and a half seems a monster, monster line for this away favourite. But uh, Penrith are absolutely jogging at the moment, top right. Yeah, 26. Uh, you asked me 12 months ago, would I be backing a 26 and a half point interstate favourite? I would have laughed at you. I would have taken them. <laughs> you'd be all over the Broncos. This is, this, is the, this is the new rugby league. This is the new NRL. Good teams blow bad teams away. I'll be steaming into the minus here. I'll be backing extended lines up to probably you know, 46 and a half. I will be uh, absolutely stunned if Brisbane score a point in this game. Penrith are the best defensive team in the comp. They play with... The one thing the Broncos really struggle with, and we saw this against the Titans early on as well, when teams play with, with speed, the Broncos just have no idea. They're, they're not fit. They're not well coached. They get confused very easily, and they're a poor defensive side. I think they're in a lot of strife. Penrith will win this, so it's just a matter of how much they'll win by. Misery, this is a young team who does enjoy putting teams to the sword. They've covered all five games this year, the Panthers, and they've won. Uh, and they've covered their last four as a double-digit road favourite. So, oh, I, I think Penrith will win this, and I think they'll win it. Yeah, this will be something like forty-two nil, forty-eight nil, fifty nil. What's the Wayne Bennett update for next season? Where will he be? Wayne Bennett, I am expecting, will sign with the new Brisbane franchise, which should be announced soon. So I don't think he'll be coaching the NRL next year. I think he will be helping to develop that side for a 2023 entry. Uh, I think there'll be the Redcliffe Dolphins side that will, will, will come in there. So um, Bennett's just a must of that. Last week, Broncos playing South. Bennett has just leaked that he's going back to Brisbane. All of a sudden, the rumours are he's going to go back as a coaching director above Kevin Walters. This is just distracted the Broncos. He totally destroyed Seabold with his antics, and now he's going <laughs> to Kevin. It is masterful. It is wonderful <laughs> to see. Uh, fantastic stuff. We've got Friday night football, the 6 o'clock game. This can catch you out. I missed a betting opportunity last uh, last week because it was a 6 o'clock game. I was absolutely filthy. I think it was the Melbourne Storm. But uh, here we have Newcastle Knights versus Cronulla Sharks. Odds up on the screen. Thanks, Dars. Cronulla at $1.82 and Newcastle Knights at $2 and the line is one and a half. Top right, we often see in AFL circles, coach gets the bullet, team responds. Thoughts here? Yeah, bit of a myth in the NRL. Uh, I kind of, I wouldn't say it has a, it definitely won't have a negative effect on Cronulla, but I don't see a bounce because the players weren't really off and the players were playing hard for him. This certainly isn't a case of, you know, Seabold leaving and, you know, the entire <laughs> club is relieved. Morris was uh, a pretty popular coach, pretty popular bloke, so I, I'm not expecting any kind of major bounce back. If anything, I, I think this week's been a massive distraction for uh, the Sharks. I, I don't mind the Knights in this one. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not, there's no official bet for, for those on the sheet. I'm not 
I'm not loving this one, but I, I do think that the Knights tend to bounce back off a bad loss. They get a heap of players back this week. Kalen Pong has had a game back, so he's fitter for the run. So uh, I'm leaning towards the Knights here, especially with a couple of big outs for the Sharks in Wade Graham and Josh Dugan as well. Good to see Kalen Ponga back uh, back in the action, that is for sure. Did the Federal Cops ever catch up with those uh, Anthony Seabold text messages and rumours that you were sending around? No, no, I've managed to avoid, uh, <laughs> managed to avoid custodial sense on that one, so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, Friday night football we've got an absolute blockbuster here at Amy Park the Storm are back at home we might have to sneak out for this one MG with uh, your misses away this week we've got uh, Storms versus Roosters on Friday night Dars odds please yep so Storm at $1.35 and Roosters $3.15 and the line is eight and a half. top row of Tedeschi uh, Got to be on the roosters here at the, the, the plus eight and a half. I think it's a pretty disrespectful line here. Uh, as, as, as you all know, I'm chips in the storm this year. I think they are really hitting their straps. Uh, they are pretty much full strength now with Harry Grant, uh, again back. Uh, only Dale Finnegan didn't really come back out of the side there. So I will be, uh, looking to back, uh, the roosters, even if they are under strength at the moment. So the, uh, Sam Walker's coming to the side. He has replaced Luke Hewitt. He has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, played beyond his maturity. 18 years old, was outstanding to come back win over the Sharks last week. This is only the second time in the last four seasons the Roosters have been an underdog of more than a, uh, a converted try. They won the last game by 30, that, the last time that happened. So uh, they've covered the last night as an underdog. Oh, I think the eight and a half is too big. I'll be beating the Roosters down to a converted try in this one. So... Uh, I think they're a, they're a decent bet here. And I think the Storm will win. The other big thing in this one is six of the last eight players to have, have failed to cut, failed to uh, to breach the 30-point mark. They tend to play low scorers. You'd rather be on a big classic. Mm, any thoughts there? You're a big Storm man. You're a big Pappenhausen man. MG? Yeah. What do you think of that line and price? Uh, I'm not going against the Storm. If I go out there and have a look at it, I'll be cheering the Pappenhausen. Might, <laughs> might back him two tries or more. What price? Any, any time action? Yeah. Good way to be. Okay, I think uh, I think the storm will be too good here, but I think the eight and a half does look uh, does look a little bit big. I I, don't, I can't see it uh, jumping at eight and a half there. I think uh, you'll be looking at sort of seven and a half or or maybe a flat seven or something along those lines. Let's look at the other big blockbuster. Yeah, we've mentioned it earlier. The Parramatta Eels off the bounce on Saturday night. It's Canberra Raiders, Parramatta Eels, Geo Stadium. Odds, please, Dars. Canberra a dollar sixty five, Parramatta two dollars twenty five, and the line is two and a half. So what's your top right? You've got to be on Canberra in this one. Uh, well, they've been a bit scratchy the first the first five weeks, but they have won eleven in the last fifteen against Parra. They've won nine straight at Canberra Stadium against Parra. Uh, the Eels are awful off a loss. They are bad travellers. They've covered just five or fifteen off a loss, just forty one percent away from Bankwest. I do like the Raiders in this one. The best bet in this game, though, is the under. There's some massive under angles here, including the Raiders are 24 and 11 under in home games, including 11 and 2 went off a loss. So I think the Raiders into the under. I think you've got to get a bit of value in that one. Mm, the bookies are keeping uh, Canberra Raiders very, very short still. They're around the uh, $11 quote for the Premiership, so maybe, yeah, top rope right there. They may have the edge over Parramatta. Now, uh, favourite segment of the week, or when we're making it look very, very hard work, is our lock of the week. And we're trying our uh, little backsides off to try and get uh, $5,000 bank for raise.org.au. They provide mentors for kids that are uh, starting to go the wrong way, and they've got thousands of kids back on track. So it's raise.org.au. So it's a $200 week. Uh, Pet each week for charity, and we're having a little all-up section here. Uh, I missed last week with West Coast knocking out my multi. Mark went uh, no good, also. But uh, top rope Tedeschi, he had the uh, the South Storm 13 plus. He had 254 dollars on that at a dollar 60. So now he's got 406 dollar balance. But uh, we're all looking absolutely horrific at the moment. Mark, we might uh, we might get you to open up the batting here. Yeah, I'm going back to the uh, my two devil teams. It looks like in this competition, I'm going to uh, going to multi multi up the double Richmond and West Coast for uh, my two hundred and try and get me back in the game at dollar ninety one. So 
two teams that have cost me in the uh, last two weeks. I'm going to uh, go the double here, top rope, and try, try and start make some yards on you. Mm, so Richmond to beat the Saints and West Coast to beat Collingwood. Top rope, who do uh, who do you like as lock of the week? I'm going back to the well. I did what I did last week, taking the two big favourites at the reduced 13 plus uh, line. So I'll have Penrith 13 plus, South 13 plus. You get about dollar sixty-seven, I think, for that one. So uh, I'll have uh, the 13 plus double again, and we'll see if we can uh, can uh, add a add a little bit to to the back. I'm going to go a little cross-code multi. That might be my only edge over you two, boys. I'm going to take uh, an all-up, just uh, just heads up here. I'm going to take South to beat West. I'm going to, beat, I'm going to pick Storm to beat the Chooks. West Coast to beat Collingwood. Western Bulldogs to beat the Suns. Swans to beat GWS. And I'm going to have 200 at 328. I'm uh, I'm going chips in. And if West Coast lose, <laughs> West Coast lose to Collingwood this week, they get life and... I won't be happy at all. If I'm if I've got the balls to take West Coast at the minus, I'm, I have to have the balls to take West Coast heads up, and for the lock of the week for charity. That's a lot of cheering you got oh. this week. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That's the first time I've ever heard a lock of the week have five legs. It. <laughs> well, we need to get to the five thousand, and if you're not betting and betting up, we'll never ever ever get there. Top rope, Tedeschi. A big thanks to you, and uh, hopefully you, hopefully for you. Uh, a lot of favourites cover those massive, massive lines. I'm tipping you'll be chips into a couple of those absolute good things this week. Already chips in. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, big show this week. We'll see you next week. Top rope. Uh, been a fantastic little show. Uh, can't wait to uh, see what happens this week. Marcos? Yeah, it's a bit quieter than last week, but we've uh, we've got plenty of sport on, league, AFL, and also the racing in Sydney. It should be fantastic. Das, plans this weekend? Uh, I have to watch some footy to keep up with you guys and <laughs> socialising. I'm going to a winery, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Still no invite. It never stops. It never stops. Can we put in an order? Can we get some wine back? Uh, potentially. Oh, I think that'd be the right thing to do. Just bring <laughs> us back a bottle each would be nice, I think. <laughs> you know, just I'm your doing fa- the shopping, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you get everything for free anyway, don't you? No, so I just, don't. Just put an extra two bottles in the bag and uh, bring it back. We can try it next week's show. <laughs> Boljanka, we're still looking for an invite on one of these social events, Dust, that's for sure. We're, we're pretty excited here. We've got Little Bee Lager coming on Thursday. We've got our first pallet of beers, so... Uh, we'll try and get a couple of prizes out there and make sure you jump on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head to our YouTube channel, Little Birdie TV. Like us, rate us and listen to us however it suits. If you can't see us on the uh, the YouTube show, uh, make sure you uh, hear us on the run for Apple and Spotify. Mark and Tadeshi are men you have to follow for all your tips. So make sure you check them out in our littlebirdiepod.com shop. And we'll see you next week for another cracking episode. See you guys. See ya.